Welcome here to Super Powered Pop with DT and EB. Eric Bunch not in studio with us today. He is a massive, massive Ghostbusters fan, as am I. I think he outdoes me, though, so I want to give a shout-out to Eric on that because I know he's been following this his whole life and it's part of my childhood as well. And with that being a part of our childhoods and so many across the world and, and even kids that are being born today whose parents will inevitably show them this movie now, it, it has a lot to do with our history and with kind of tradition that you have to watch Ghostbusters if you're a human on this planet. And Violet Ramis Steele is, is here with me today, obviously the daughter of Harold Ramis. And, and I'm so honored and so privileged to have Violet on the show. We're here to speak about her book and so much more. And obviously to speak about her everlasting memory and connection that she has with her father and that the community has built with Ghostbusters and of course Harold as well. So with that being said, Violet, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I wanted to I wanted to get started with you know, you growing up as as a kid, bring me into this because your your father Almost immediately with this Ghostbusters, his from the outside looking in, it, it was just a cult classic and people connected with it and it was part of their childhood. They connect with it today. They watch it all the time. Being a child inside of the house of someone who is one of these tremendous four characters, what was life like for you growing up? Um, I mean, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> um, I was on movie sets a lot as a as a young kid. My dad just sort of took me with him wherever he went, which was great. Um, Ghostbusters was the first movie that he made that um, anyone my age cared about. <laughs> um, you know, I had seen Caddyshack and Stripes and even Animal House Um far younger than I should have, but uh, most of my friends were not being exposed to those comedies. Um, so Ghostbusters was the first time I was in third grade um, where anyone that I knew was really excited about something that my dad was doing. And that was a great feeling. Um, he would come to pick me up from school and kids would sort of gather around him wanting to talk about the movie and special effects or have him sign their lunch boxes. And, you know, it was, it was pretty great. And when you're around that, you know, when everybody is just kind of enthralled by everything and, and you're you're the kid, you're the daughter, how did you handle all of that? I know you said being on the movie sets and all that's fun and being exposed to these movies sooner than, than you know, other people that you knew were exposed to them. But when you're in this life, it, was it ever overbearing or too crazy or how did you... How did you handle that? Because, you know, not every kid, very rarely are there children in this world who are looking up at their dads who who have thousands and thousands of people taking pictures and screaming and asking for autographs. How did you handle that life? And, and did it ever get really crazy to you? Um, well, it, I mean, it wasn't thousands, <laughs> um, you know, and, and he was he was such a down to earth guy. Um you know, that he sort of um, modeled that for me. So I was more like, all right, enough. You find the lunchboxes. Let's go home. Make me a snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it was it was what he did, and he loved doing it, but it wasn't, you know, uh, I would say the defining thing of his relationship with me, certainly, or, you know, with his family generally. Um, and, and the truth is he was um, sort of my rock. I mean, no matter what craziness was going on um, in terms of where we were or what his work was, I mean, he was always there and very consistent. So that sort of 
just allowed me to see the circus for what it was and uh, not necessarily get caught up in it. And, and Violet, like you had said, you know, my father was there. It wasn't the defining thing about him. He was present in my life. When, when there is that, you know, connection to the movie world and, and acting and, and writing and, and everything that your father was so blessed to do and, and to bestow upon the world, when, when you were sitting around the dinner table, describe to me your dad and just what you take away the most from him. What, what memories kind of stick out the most? Because I know in writing this book, you, you had to kind of reflect and, and find those pieces that made sense to put into this book. So what are those memories that truly described Harold Ramis as your father, not just the actor, obviously, but your dad? Yeah, I mean, well, we never sat around a dinner table, first of all, or very rarely. Um, It was a little more uh, every man for himself in that way. I mean, he would fix me something, and then he would sort of uh, hunch over the sink, eating like a steak with his hands. (laughs) Um, We had definitely an unconventional family when I was young. Um, My mom is an artist, and he was obviously, you know... um, not consumed by his work, but he was busy with it. And a lot of his friends, you know, were also writers and actors and comedians, a lot of people from Second City and SCTV. Um, So there were a lot of funny, smart people around all the time. Um, You know, it it wasn't, it didn't seem unusual to me at the time because that was just my normal. Um, But, you know, he was always happy to play with me. He was very... um, engaged and wanted you know to make me happy and he would do little you know characters um like a hairdresser when it was time to brush my hair or a shoe salesman when we were trying to get ready to go um you know he was a lot of fun and it wasn't like it is now so much where parents sort of built their world around the kids i mean i was just sort of along for the ride with him and and he always was making sure i was okay but it wasn't uh it was definitely his world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you said, he, you know, to take on characters and, and do what he needed to do in this unconventional style. Did you have a favorite character or favorite moments that stick out when you do reflect on your father? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe not. I mean, they're all kind of favorites, which is why, um, you know, even though the book was writing the book was an emotional experience, it, it wasn't difficult because we really were so close and shared so much together that, um, you know, I mean, my whole life with him was my favorite. Um, you know, we got to travel and and do a lot of, you know, activities that most people never have a chance to do. So in that way, I feel very fortunate. But also just, like you said, the downtime, sitting around doing nothing, him playing his guitar um, or showing me a favorite movie of his, I mean, you know, those are the things that maybe don't stand out so much, but that's what really gives me that like warm, fuzzy feeling about him. And you say like some of his favorite movies he would show you. What what were some of the favorites that he would sit down with you? Oh, I mean, he loved the Marx Brothers and um, Mel Brooks and, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a blank right now, but, you know, he gave a great talk um, at the Chicago Humanities Festival, um, I think in 2009, and it's on... YouTube and it's just him talking about all his favorite comedies and you know sometimes I just it's an hour of him talking I just put it on while I'm doing stuff around the house just to hear his voice and hear him laughing um, it's like one of those treasures that makes me so glad that 
you know, he did have this public life because now I have all these artifacts of him that I can keep going back to. Speaking here with Violet Ramus Steele, daughter of, of Harold Ramus and, and Violet, like you just mentioned it, the fact that, you know, when, when somebody passes away and we try to, when I, you know, I was six years old at 1992, both of my grandfathers passed away in the same year and you try to hear those voices and remember those faces. But for you, it is that beauty that, you know, you can go to the archives, you can go on YouTube, you can go to movies and you can see your dad and hear your dad. And yes, he might be playing a role here or speaking about this there, but you have the beauty of even as your memory might remember this and not remember that you can, you can always find him somewhere. And, and, and for that experience to speak on that a little bit deeper just what that means to you that, you know, on a random Saturday when it's raining outside and you're sitting in the house that you can go and find something of your father and you can hear his voice again. And, and like you said, you can you can hear him laugh. You can hear his thoughts. You can hear what matters to him. Yeah, I mean, it means so much. And obviously it's not I mean, I would trade it all in a second to have, you know, the actual him back. But um, since that's not possible, I mean, it's 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 really um, amazing to to know that he's always there. And I think that, honestly, you know, the love that people have for Ghostbusters and the fact that there are Ghostbusters groups all over the country, all over the world, who just, you know, really love the movie and want to carry it on, um, you know, as, as long and as broadly as possible. I mean, that's such a comfort um, to be able to connect with these people who just you know, really have a, a place for him in their heart, too. So it makes me feel you know, a lot less alone in that way. And and when you when you have that, I mean, obviously you that was your dad, but to so many people all across the world, he has such a great meaning. Even though they've they've never met him, they've never shaken his hand, they've never. So when when you see that now that that he is he has passed on, and they're here, and, and you're here, and there's these events and these different opportunities that come about. Do you you know, like you said, you feel that connection in that community? But how is that? How is that experience? And did they welcome you in with open arms from day zero? I mean, how how do you take the Ghostbuster family? Was it always kind of an extended family to you? Um, it, it really wasn't. I mean, while my dad was alive, I, I just wasn't aware of um, sort of the extent that this community had, had risen up around the movie. I think um, when the 2016 Ghostbusters came out, um, you know, there was obviously a very a dark side to that, um, and the first thing that sort of um, pushed me into the public world was I wrote an essay um, about the new Ghostbusters and how you know I was embracing it, and I think my dad would want people to embrace it. Um, and from there, you know, people sort of said, "Oh, well, <laughs> great!" Like we we don't have Harold, but at least now we have Violet, and um, I don't you know, pretend to speak for him, but I do feel like my personal and private life with him um, does give me insight into, you know, sort of things that he may think or feel or, you know, things that he said that I can sort of um, reflect on um, in current situations. So, you know, from then on, people just really um, have been so kind and generous and supportive of everything. And like you said, people who have never met him, um, just feel like he had this wonderful impact on their lives and, and like he gave people so much joy, which he did. I mean, so that's a great legacy to be able to 
um, just help keep going, which is what I want to do. And you had made the statement, speaking here with Violet Ramis Steele, uh, about Ghostbusters 2016, quote, the new movie is not the original, and it's not trying to be. Give it a chance and go see it, or don't. That's fine. In the spirit of my dad and his love for movies and comedy above all, I'll be there for Ghostbusters 2016 opening weekend. You also said, let's not restrict the Ghostbusters universe from extending as far and wide as it possibly can. Let's be generous and make room for all of the visions and interpretations of what Ghostbusters can be, end quote. So we know what Ghostbusters, the original, and Ghostbusters 2, and, and everything that that was, and, and, and what it means to the fans. And Ghostbusters, like you said, 2016, there was a dark side, and, and Robin Shelby's been here on Super Powered Pop, you know, for the Slimer side of things, and, and being connected to this universe, and, and her feelings on it, and how she stepped out and said, hey, you know, let's, if we're going to have opinions, let's still respect each other. What can you say now a couple of years off of Ghostbusters 2016 that you've taken away the most of this, not reimagining of it, but this new chapter, next chapter, so to speak? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think that the way that people sort of um, rallied around that film after the ugliness really says a lot. And I think it, it also inspired even more creativity um, and interpretation. And, you know, there's comic books um, and graphic novels, maybe not novels, but um, projects, you know, where the worlds all sort of collide. And, and I just think, you know, that's really great. And I, I'm sorry that, you know, Paul Feig and, and the cast had to go through what they went through. Um, but, you know, I hope that they, you know, also feel like they've contributed something really, really important to the, to the Ghostbusters world because they did. And, and that's what I was going to ask you is, you know, if your father was, was here in this moment, do you feel that he could find some appreciation for, for what Ghostbusters 2016 was and, and what happened? Could you see him in embracing it, so to speak? I mean, yes, and, you know, I don't think it probably would have happened the same way had he been alive, so, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that's sort of an impossible thing to answer, but yes, I certainly do think that he would have been, you know, honored and very pleased that people just want to, you know, keep sort of riffing off this great idea that he and Dan um, had, and that, you know, Ivan and Bill and Ernie and all of the cast, you know, really and not just being an actor but you know being like you said having that creation you know to to bring these characters to life it's hard to believe in 2018 that somebody created these characters and they weren't just always around because it's become <laughs> such, such reality to so many people and, and i want to get to that in a minute but for dan Aykroyd and, and for your father Harold, uh, to, to put this together and to make Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. And like you said, if, if your father was still around, then, you know, maybe it, it wouldn't have happened the same way because, you know, I'm sure he'd probably want some involvement in the writing or the creation of this because this, you know, this was a baby of his as well. So when you, when you know that, you know, your father wasn't just a Ghostbuster, but he brought these characters to life, just as you see the world now, I mean, he... I can say from the outside looking in, he, he seems like a somewhat of a genius with, with the things that not just Ghostbusters, but in general that he, you know, wrote down and brought to reality or acted out. But you're his daughter. I mean, this genius of him that will withstand the test of time. 
to, to speak on that a little bit, that it wasn't just, hey, I'm playing this role. It's, hey, I made this role that I'm going to be playing and, and I get to live in this world now. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say I agree with you completely. Um, you know, I, I think he was a genius too. And um, and not just because he could make people laugh, which, you know, is not always easy, but because he could make people think and, and feel things. And he was um, a seeker. He was very interested in history and philosophy and science and psychology. And he brought all of that to the things that he did, even if it wasn't apparent at the forefront it was you know there was a subtext there were themes um he put his his heart and soul into everything he did so um in that way i think that's why these things last and have become the classics that they are um because that matters i mean yes fart jokes can be funny but you know at the end of the day there has to be something a little bit more and, and that's something a little bit more before I let you go, speaking here with Violet Ramis Steele. To, you brought up the world, this, this ever-expansive universe of, of Ghostbusters, and my co-host Eric Bunch, you know, he had asked me in his absence to speak on this because he is part of the Ghostbusters of Central New York. And he helped bring this group to fruition. And and for him, it's you know he builds the he builds his own proton packs. Yeah. He puts it together and he puts on the garb and he's got the bunch patch and he's you know ready and raring to go. And and this is something that that means a lot to him. When you see that people aren't just dressing up as your father, but they're dressing up as themselves as Ghostbusters, yeah. taking it one step further. Speak with me on that a little bit. I mean, that's one of the things that I love the most about it um, is that, you know, they're not imitating the actors. They're making it their own. Um, and I just think that's so beautiful. Um, I, you know, I was lucky enough to spend some time with the Buffalo Ghostbusters over last weekend, and I've met some people from the New Jersey Ghostbusters, and when I was in California, there were some people that showed up, and I just, you know, I just am really impressed with, um, all of the things that they do, you know, for their communities. I just sent a book to the Alberta Ghostbusters to raffle off um, for a fundraiser they're doing for a children's hospital. I mean, what a great thing um, to do all of this wonderful work and to, you know, have this community and camaraderie in the spirit of Ghostbusters. I just can't think of a greater compliment. And, and not only with, with having the Ghostbusters, but what they do, you know, and, and I know the Ghostbusters of Central New York, a big part of what they do is, is raising money for charity and, and helping yeah. people. And, and like they said, you know, some people may believe in ghosts, some people may not, but we all have, we all have our ghosts or our demons or our fights to have. And, and, you know, be it somebody fighting cancer or someone, you know, in the hospital fighting for their life as, as a baby, you know, for, for the work that they do with children's hospitals and whatnot, whatever it may be and whatever we're fighting, be it a, a abuse or the color of our skin or an act or a disease or whatever is going on. You know, that's what he had said. He said, could you ask Violet about the fact that, you know, we really do try to help people fight their quote unquote ghosts and quote unquote demons. And what, it, you know, what does that say to you about the Ghostbuster community that it's not just about dressing up and it's not just about feeling like a Ghostbuster. It's about helping people know that whatever battle they're fighting, they're never going to be alone. And and there is light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, I mean, it just makes me so happy to, to know about that stuff um, and to know that people really, 
you know, sort of get it on a, on a deeper level, like we were talking about. I mean, yes, it's funny, it's cool, you know, it was the 80s, but like, you know, it is sort of spawns this um, movement almost, and it, it really seems overwhelmingly like a movement for good. Um, and so, you know, I'm just really happy. I love meeting people and, you know, hearing what the movie meant to them and what these communities have, have meant to them and the work they've done. I just think it's really, really great. And, and before we let you go, two final things here for Violet Ramis Steele, and we appreciate you being here on Super Powered Pop. One of the things that, that came out in, in the book that you got into a little bit here is that before your father passed away, that the relationship with Bill Murray was, was brought to some peace. And, you know, we talk about, you know, don't, don't live the, in the world with regret. Don't leave this world with regret. What can you say about about that instance and about this relationship because they're ghostbusters forever but outside of that you know there was a friendship that was strained at times and before your father passed away i know that there was the conversation about finding some some peace with that so just what you can say to expand on that a little bit yeah i mean they were friends for a long time um they made you know some incredible work together and then um, you know, they, they took, they went their separate ways for about 20 years. Um, and, and it was hard for my dad, I know. And, you know, I, I don't know what it was like for Bill, but they were able to, um, make their peace at the end. And Bill came, you know, when my dad was sick. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that, that they were able to get that closure. Um, I think whatever their relationship was and, and then wasn't, um, they left behind, you know, a great body of work that brings a lot of people joy and happiness. And I feel like ultimately that is the most important thing. And the final piece of all of this and bringing that joy and that happiness, continuing to tell the story, your book, Ghostbusters Daughter, Life with My Dad, Harold Ramis. Why bring it out? Why have it here with us now? Why have a a tangible account from your point of view? What, What made this a reality for you what was what made this something that you just felt like you needed to do you wanted to share and put out there um well a, a couple reasons um one being that um before he got sick my dad and i talked about writing a book together about parenting um you know he had his sons from his second marriage and I had small children and, you know, I was just asking him a lot of questions and we realized that, you know, we'd had a pretty interesting um, life and, and that maybe, you know, we could turn it into something about parenting for a larger group. Um, we never got to do that, unfortunately. Um, and after he died, I, I just felt like I needed for myself to, try to remember every single thing I could about him. So in my journal, I just started writing down, you know, words, memories. I tried to go, you know, from my earliest memories every year, all the things I could think of, you know, laughs that we shared or even fights and, you know, good times and bad. And then, you know, as people were reaching out to me after his passing, um, I, I, I realized that they were also feeling this huge sense of loss and, and we all wanted more of him. And I felt like I was sort of in a unique position to be able to, to give that to people because I had had, you know, such so many years with him. Um, and, and we were so close that I just thought, um, well, you know, if anybody even 
is interested in this, which, you know, obviously they were interested in him, but nobody knew who I was, then I just feel like I can tell my story and it will give people a sense of who he was from my perspective. And, and that's a gift. And, and obviously something special to have. And, and in that way of knowing him, they can get to know you better and get to know this this world beyond, which I, you know, I think because, you know, every, when people watch movies, I think it's easy to say, you know, I know Harold or I know Bill or I know, you know, and I know Ernie, I know Dan, but but you truly knew the man, you knew the person, you knew the father, you knew the guy that would make you laugh. And, you know, you knew somebody who was brushing your brushing his teeth next to you or, you know, like you, you had the reality that is uh, far beyond anybody else's. So I, I think it's on behalf of everybody that, that we say thank you that you were willing to tell the story. Well, thank you for, for, you know, for keeping him alive in the way that you do by talking about him and honoring him and, um, you know, keep watching those movies. <laughs> we obviously will. And, and, and Violet, I appreciate it so very much. I, I hope that this is the open door to have you on here plenty of more times on the show because we'd love to have you back. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks again so much for having me.